0: So my name is Jason Janice. I'm going to be 53 this April. My near-death experience happened in 2020. I was Catholic my whole life, went through the sacraments, went through the whole thing. A firm believer in the Bible back then, a firm believer in heaven and hell, God and the devil, and all of that. From a very early age, going through the sacraments and going to church, I just felt like something wasn't right. Something was wrong. It never sat right with me. I always felt like I wasn't good enough. I was like, why is God waiting up there just to send me to hell because I keep messing up? Reading the Bible, especially the Old Testament, there's nothing good in it really. It's mean, it's vindictive, it's just scary. And I'm like, I'm just not going to go anymore. So as a young kid, I just quit going to church. I just saw no point in it. I'm like, if I'm going to burn in hell, then I guess that's where I go. I don't know. Then why did you even bring me down here was my questions. You know, I grew up in a very abusive household, so I don't want to go into it too much, but it wasn't that great. So I always think as things like that go down, was like, why do you hate me so much? Why aren't you helping me? If you're all of this love and all of this, then why aren't you helping me? Why am I getting beat? Why am I having to protect my sister from this stuff? And So I quit having a relationship with God. So this is like 1978, probably 79. I was like eight or nine. So I quit going to church, quit having a relationship, quit talking to him, never prayed, never did anything. So now I kind of went through life as a very angry man, teenager and all that stuff and still never prayed, never went to church, never had a relationship with him. Just kind of abandoned him and and Jesus. So now we're gonna fast forward. Now it's April 2nd, 2020, pandemic starts. I was feeling kind of tired that day. I came home from work, sat down, started eating dinner. I started coughing up blood, got real hard to breathe to the point of where it was almost non-existent. And I had made a frantic phone call to someone because I didn't know what else to do. The next thing I know, I wake up in, in the ICU. I've got a tube in my throat. My hands and feet are strapped to the bed, IV in my neck, stuff in my nose doctors and nurses who you are what's going on and I'm like but from the time I woke I had turned to the left up in the left and I had a big room my ICU room was big I mean way off to the left was a nice like waiting area lots of chairs and stuff like that but up in the corner of there was a TV someone was standing there someone was there it's clear as day I couldn't physically see it but I could feel it like just breathe air so I'm just staring at this at the TV I couldn't talk I had no idea what was going on. And I was in that ICU room for a month. And that entire time up on the left, that presence was there, unmistakable. And I was just drawn to it. I just wanted to get as close as I could to it. And it had never left, it never moved, it never did anything, it just stayed right there. So lo and behold, I get better. And at the end of the month, I'm off the ventilator. i out, can breathe on my own. They had stopped the blood flow. COVID had caused tumors to to rupture in my lungs, So I was, I just basically drowned in my own blood. They pumped out 12 cups of blood, but the entire time. And so I was still staring at the TV. I'm lethargic. I lost 75 pounds. No one happened to be in the room at that time. It had to be, well, I'd say a spring day. So it was maybe 4.30, beautiful, beautiful sunny day out. And I just cried out to God. I mean, I was, I was talking to the TV. I must've looked like I was nuts, but Got on my elbows and I was trying to talk. I couldn't, so I was begging him not to die. Very emotional. I am sobbing uncontrollably. I mean, when you come that close to death and actually do, it puts your life into a big perspective, how insignificant and how quickly your life can change within a matter of minutes from being okay to physically dying. So I called out and now I haven't called out to God in over 42 years. And I called out to him, please don't let me die. Please, please don't let me die. Emotional, I'm crying. I'm sorry for abandoning you. I'm sorry for abandoning Jesus. Please forgive me. I love you both with all my heart. I said, please don't take my daughters away from me. Please let me see my kids. Please. I love them with all my heart. And I kept going and there was somebody special in my life that I said, please don't take her from me. I want to hold her hand. I want to hug her. I want, I want a life with her. And it was in that moment that everything stopped now if you can imagine just the thought coming into your head about turning on a light switch before you could even get done with that i could see everything around me there was no more pain i was out of my butt i could see the trees soul the grass soul the colors that i was seeing did not exist they simply don't exist they were the most beautiful colors i could see every blade of grass moving independently like I could see the veins in the grass. I could see everything around the ICU room instantly behind me. And that all took place before you could think of turning on the light switch. That's how quickly it happened. So when I describe that moment to you, that's how quickly it happened. And as I'm out of my body and I'm still staring at the TV, I'm young again. I mean, I felt like I was maybe 18, 20, 21 years old and invigorated like Somebody had plugged me into the universe's battery and I was like, no pain existed. And I was enveloped in this unconditional love and light. And when I say unconditional, there's simply no words to describe the love that flowed through me. It was like being placed in the middle of a a deep river, sort of the water moving around you. This water, this love flowed through every part of my being unconditionally. It was as warm as the sun. And in that moment, I spoke, and while well, it was a thought, and I said, "I'm home," and a place it seemed so familiar. I was there before many, many times, and I knew it. I, I said, "I'm home," and as I'm looking at the at the grass and the trees and and everything, I said again, it was a thought. I said, "What a beautiful day to die!" Like once again that I that I had done it before, and it was all so familiar. It was home. I was literally home, and. I was just there above my body, just enjoying, and I know who was in front of me, it was Father, it was God. I was embraced as he was holding me. I began to feel unworthy. And because of the the choices that I had made in my life and the things that I've said and done to to other people and all of that, I wasn't really a, a nice person. I felt guilty and ashamed that I shouldn't have been there. And the more unworthy I felt, the more love that was given to me. And the more the more ashamed I felt, the more love he gave me. And it just I was just embraced and held in in God's arms. And I was like, okay. I knew then that I that I had done nothing wrong. Nothing. And in that moment, then then Jesus showed up. So I'm now was, my stare was to the left. And then it went just straight in front of me, like twelve o'clock. And I felt his presence show up. And it was more love. There was so much love in the only way to describe it in a human form would be stifling. like somebody cover up your mouth and cover up your nose. Right. It was so much love and I was just engulfed and embraced in unconditional love. And it was simply the most profound and beautiful experience I had ever experienced here because my MDE was more of a, even though I did die, That's not when my India occurred. Mine was more like a, a, what do you want to call it? Divine intervention. Like I was calling out to God. I was like, please God, please, please don't let me die. And he answered the door. He answered the door and let me come home and said, I'm here, I'm here. And that moment has profoundly changed my life. I don't even want to say it, but I'm going to say it. I left Christianity because everything I thought that Christianity was, was proven wrong in that moment. God doesn't care about your religion. Religion to God and let's say heaven or home or Jesus is meaningless and pointless. He doesn't care. God wants a relationship with you. Talk to him. He doesn't need you on your hands and he's praying. He doesn't need you doing anything other than having a simple conversation like you and I are right now. That's it. That's all that matters to him. That there is no right or wrong. There is no good or bad. This is simply a dream. This is the matrix. We chose our life. We chose our parents. We chose the things that we want to accomplish in this, on this earth, whether it's being married, having children, getting a house, getting a college education, whatever. And then we said, well, where does free will fit in? Free will fits in on how you want to get to those points in your life. When you want to go off, you want to do it right away and be the good little boy and girl and go there, or do you want to go for a half a month and then zigzag back and forth? But eventually you're going to get your degree. Eventually you're going to get married. Eventually you're going to buy the house, right? So how you get there... That's your choice. How you interact with everybody, it's your choice. And you've just, you've created your life. So when somebody says, no, it's God's will, it's not God's will. He's just allowing you to live your life the way you chose it. And when I was shown that, when I was given that information, it just proved everything that I ever thought to believe in this world wrong. It was like, I did nothing wrong. When I came back, I was like, I want you to talk about me. I want you to let everybody know that I'm here that you're all okay, that you are loved, you are seen, you are heard. I hear all of you. You are not alone ever in your life, no matter what you are going through, how horrific or how happy or whatever. Father is going through it right there with you. You are not ever alone. And that, that has become so comforting to me that I have begun, and I truly have begun to live without fear because fear does not exist. You create the fear. If you want to live in whatever accident happened to you or whatever you went through, or you want to live in that fear and become depressed, that's your choice. That's your free will. But it doesn't exist. It's only up here. God is love. And anything that is not of that pushes you further away from Father. And he's going to allow that to happen because it's your free will. So I've truly begun to live my life the way it's meant to to be. He wants you to live your life. Live it. Okay. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. So you will have regrets, and that's on you. That's not on Father. That's not on God. Live your life. Don't live it out of fear. If you want to go do something, go do it. No right or wrong, no good or bad. And now I've begun to live my life that way, and I realize that I have no longer become materialistic. I have no love of money, no need of it. Materialistic, I really don't care about anymore. I sold most of my stuff in my house or my apartment. I just don't want it. I have no need for it. I live very, very simply. Because, as I said earlier, that none of this is real. This is the matrix. This is the dream. We are, we are all still at home with God, with Father, with Jesus. This is simply an avatar that we're in that your parents created. And you now inhabit this avatar. And I had no love of my body at all when I left it. None. I had didn't care about it. I didn't care about anything because at that moment, like I said, when everything happened to me, I knew also that everything was exactly what was supposed to be taking place in this world. Where my children, were where my grandchildren, were, where COVID was taking place, everything that was going on was meant to be going on at that moment. We were all right where we needed to be. And it was such a comforting thought. And I I live my life now. There's nothing to get me angry. There's nothing to get me upset or worry about. Because when you wake up and realize that it's just a dream, It's just easy to get along in life because when you're going to work, none of this is real. This is just, just a game. And it's just, I've learned to play the game now. So when I talk about my ND, the biggest thing I want people to come away with is that, one, you're never alone. Don't for one minute think that you are alone just because you're alone in the house or or whatever. You are surrounded by unconditional love and you are love. You are love, you are light and you are energy. That is all you are. You are created from God, therefore you are a God. So when Jesus said that in the Bible, in Proverbs, I do believe, and when Jesus said, I and the Father are one, that means you and the Father are one. If you and the Father are one, what is Father? God. Well, God created a miniature God. You are not the God, but you are a God. So it's just an amazing realization that I've come to. I've had another out-of-body experience going on, it was last year, it's coming out of bed, and it was kind of emotional that day. You know, I was like, "Why did you leave me?" And now, here, me complaining about having the most wonderful thing in my life, and now I'm complaining about it. So, I said, "Hey, why did you keep me in the hospital? Why couldn't I really come home? Everybody gets to go home, and you, I floating here on the, in the top of the ceiling here, and I, I like, why couldn't I go?" Home? So, I come from my bed. I was doing a couple of things, and I laid down on the couch, and I was instantly pulled out of my body. Instantly, I mean, I entered the void when they mean devoid the void, it is utterly void of anything, light, sound, anything. And I began to travel through this completely pitch dark tunnel at a very fast speed. I would say almost at the speed of light. And I kept just traveling through it. And I'm talking off in the distance. Again, I don't know. There was no sense of time in the first NDE in the hospital. And again, no sense of time. I, I don't know if I was in there for 30 seconds or 30 hours, don't know. But off in the distance was like the tip of a pin of light in just this utter void of black. And then light began to come through the tunnel and I felt the unconditional love again. And then it dawned on me, I'm going home. I was like, he's he's listening to me. I was just so happy. The love was flowing through me again and the light kept getting closer and closer until it just encompassed everything. And it's the most beautiful white. It's pure, just unfiltered, beautiful white light and I mean I got so close to it that I mean my nose hairs were just about to touch it and then I was back into my body and I'm like I got a big smile on my face and again it was just validation that father God he's listening he hears you everything you say to him he's hearing and feeling and seeing Mm -hmm. had I crossed into that light had I crossed that threshold this body would have died I was home there's no coming back. I'm still, I still have things to do here. I know what they are now because I'm doing it with you and everybody else. And I'm in the process of writing a book, but we're getting there. It's, it's complex. And then this last November, I had a visitor at work and this last Saturday I had the same visitor. So met five 30 in the morning, nobody's there yet. And I'm doing something out of nowhere, this person appears. I mean, literally out of nowhere, cause it was a long corridor. And I was in the section with two locked doors. I grabbed stuff and he was standing there. I was taken back. I'm like, where did you come from? I'm thinking in my head, it's like, where did you come from? There's no one here yet. He says, well, I'm just here to clean. You know, I need to go in the bathroom, clean off. And so I go in the bathroom and I follow him and he's just smiling. I mean, like just smile like you are right now. He's just smiling. And he had this like glow around him. He was just so happy. And I started to feel this, we were connecting. So I was feeling a lot of love from him because I've become an empath. So I can really feel people's souls now. And I was really feeling a lot of love. So we just started talking and I started talking about my Andy and about father and love. And he just put his head back and just smiled. It went on for 20 minutes or so. And he says, well, he goes, Jason, right? I didn't, me- I didn't give him my name. And I said, yes. And put his hand out and he shook my hand. He says, Jason, it was a pleasure to meet you. And his strength, I'm telling you, when he squeezed my hand, he could have pulverized it and turned it into dust. I mean, it was non-human. The strength was unbelievable. And he started to walk away and he stopped and he looked over his shoulder. He says, Jason, I'll see you again soon. I, I didn't know what to think. I didn't, I was stunned. So I grabbed my stuff and I went to, cause I didn't get his name. So I went to go out, get out the door. He walked he was out the door maybe three seconds. So I walked out the door, no one, gone. No smell, no sound, no sight, nothing, just gone. And I'm like, oh, I, I need to go sit down. This is really bizarre. And so I went and sat down for like an hour. I'm like, I was trying to process it. He knew everything about me and I knew nothing about him. So I, I'm, I'm sitting there processing for a couple of weeks and then I realized I saw it and I was just going through some NDEs and someone had showed a picture of, Archangel Michael. And that was him. His, his whole face, everything. He didn't have the long hair and stuff like that. It was just short, brown, brown hair, beard, short hair. But that's exactly who it was. And I was like, what is Archangel Michael talking to me for? I mean, what's, what's going on? So now fast forward, that was last November. So now this last Saturday, I was out with my girlfriend. We'd come out of a sushi place. And there was maybe a half a dozen cars out there. But right next to my Jeep was this homeless guy had a cane and just wearing a ratty coat ratty baseball cap same style beard but red hair so it was red beard red hair and again it didn't dawn on me and he goes hi and he was smiling again he says can we talk and I'm like okay sure and we just started talking and he said some things to my girlfriend that terrified her he's like there's no way he could have known these things none and she's like, I want to go, can I, yeah, I go sit in the car? She took off, ran and sat in the car, locked the door. So I'm sitting out there talking to him and he's just saying things to me, very personal things that no one else could know. And he, he mentioned, he goes, really, it's all about the love. And he, he gave me a fist bump and his skin was so cold. Like there was, it was just cold, clammy. It's just So I was like, man, that's really weird. And I said, I said, yeah, really, it is about the love. We are to love one another. And I said, I had an NDE and he goes, I know you did. And I'm like, okay, all right, something's going on. And he says, you mind giving me a, you know, walking down here? And I, I said, sure. And I told her I was gonna go take him for a walk and help him, he stood up no problem. And for a bum, you would think to be all dirty, ratty, his shoes were brand new, they weren't dirty, his pants weren't dirty coat wasn't dirty. And he started to walk. He does need the cane. So we're walking and he, he was saying something that were going to happen. And he says, money is coming your way, basically. And he said, it was a lot of money. And I'm like, wow. He says, oh, I forgot. You're Jason, right? And I was like, and it still didn't dawn on me who he was. And I, I was like, yeah, yeah. And he says, so are you willing to relocate? And I'm like, to where? I mean, where do you want me to go? And he says, oh, like Sacramento or something like that, somewhere out there. And I go, sure. Yeah. And he goes, beautiful. We get in there. We're starting to walk in, get in the restaurant. He goes, you'll hear from me soon. And I then as, as I was driving, when I got him in there. He shook my hand again. He says, Jason, it was nice to see you again. I'm not thinking in the way he's talking because I'm still in shock about what's taken place. and. I left him, I, I put my hand on his, on his shoulder and I said, it's been a pleasure, please take care of yourself. And he said, I'll see you soon. And I'm walking out and driving away and I'm like really tired all of a sudden. And I'm like, that was just, that's weird. Nobody, there's no way he could have known these things. So we're driving back and she, my girlfriend was like, what was that about? And I just looked to her and I said, that was Archangel Michael. I said, and that's the second time. I showed her a picture of him. She goes, I knew it wasn't a bum. How could he know those things about me? I said, come on now. I said, that's, that's the way it rolls. And it, But why us? And why you so much? And I said, something big's going down. And I told her that there were changes coming, that I could feel it. I said, I just can't place it. I said, one of them, I was going to find a really good, healthy relationship, that's you, that money is coming and clearly significant amounts of it are coming now and that we're going to have a, a nice home and, and family. And he, because he said, he said, financially, we're really struggling, aren't we? And I said, I am. And he says, okay, not for long. I was just, it was so bizarre because we had just walked in to go get some sushi, be in there for 40, 45 minutes. And out of all the cars, could have sat by any place, but he was right next to my car. Knowing I'm in there waiting for me to come out, it just freaked her out. So all of these things are happening right now to me. And being in an awakened state And having that third eye open and can feel things. And it's just, I just live life differently. So that event in that hospital profoundly changed my life. I know who we are. I know what we are. Now I know what's important, what's not important. And the only thing that really matters and the only thing that is going to continue throughout time is love. Love is what makes the universe grow. All of our love. We are all the same. We are all one. There's nobody on this earth, past or present, that was not the same. We are all tied together. If you can imagine like a spider web, just one little strand. All of us are connected that way. We are all one. No one is better than anybody else. And that's that. And the only thing that matters on this earth is love. That's it. it. That's what we are. And we all came here to experience and do different things. That's it. We just came to the playground. The Earth is a school. When we come here, all we know is love. We don't know what getting slapped, punched, getting shot, getting whatever it is that you want to experience, okay? So when we come here, we come here with that preface. So we come to Father with our plan. I'm gonna try this, this, is, And he might even say, that's gonna be hard. I know, I can do it. Now we come here and then we get the umbilical cord cut off and now we're like, I didn't deserve that. Why did Why did that happen to me? Well, it happened to you because that's what you chose. It's like you going into a grocery store, right? and how many people do you talk to in the grocery store when you're out shopping nobody except you might talk to the cashier right you are striking up any real in-depth conversations why your timelines aren't meant to cross they're not meant to be in your life the people that are in your life are meant to be there you chose and they chose for your timelines to merge and cross that's it other than that you, they're not meant to be in your life so when i say to people well, i didn't deserve this well deserve it, had nothing to do with it. it's just what you chose so and I wouldn't choose that well you're you're thinking with a linear mind and a physical mind when you choose these things you've asked your friends to do these you've asked soulmates to do these things to you or be rough to you be mean to you there's always been somebody in your life that has just been hard on you that just won't let up because you asked them to everything that you go through here whether it's challenging or not so challenging is for a reason it's a lesson there's a lesson that you have to learn out of that. And if you don't face that lesson, it's going to keep getting harder and harder and harder and harder until you meet that challenge and you face it and you do it. No matter what the outcome is, it's going to be there. And if you don't finish it in this life, then when you come into the next life, you will. Because all your timelines are playing out all at once right now in multiple universes, in multiple time dimensions. Path lives, your life right now, and your future lives are all playing out simultaneously right now so you're in different universes different galaxies different time dimensions and you're all living your lives right now all at once so it's it's really a beautiful thing as i tell people we're in the biggest love story ever we just don't remember it and we choose to forget when we come down here. It's god not taking it away from us we choose to forget it because If we didn't, we would look at what we got to face and go, oh, no way. No way. No, that ain't going to (laughs) happen. No. So we choose to forget so we can go through these experiences because that's how we grow. That's how our soul, our spirit grows through these experiences. And that's eventually what we're trying to do is become an ascended master like Jesus did when he was here or Yeshua, I should say. When Yeshua was here, he became an ascended master. So he could heal people. He could raise the dead. All these things we can do too. We just can't do it right now because we haven't reached that ascended master stage. And all my knowledge that I gained when I transitioned out of my body, God didn't give me that. I merged with my true self, who I am back at home. I just merged with who I was and I knew instantly where I was. I'm home. So yeah, there's just so much to go through and it just seems like there's just not enough time to to ever get through it all because we're all growing, we're all learning, we're all doing what we need to do. And then when we fulfill our contract, well, you go home and it's simply the most beautiful transition you will uh, ever see, but you're just not around that to tell anybody about it. And your loved ones are always close by. They're just in a different dimension. We can't see or hear them because we're not meant to. Once we gain that knowledge and transition to the other side, everything is right there and available. So yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing.